broadcasting from Chico, California. This is the Barbless Fly Fishing Podcast, where we discuss NorCal fly fishing, guiding, fisheries science and management, conservation, and more. No better, fish better. Here's your host, Hogan Brown. Hey everyone, welcome back. This is Hogan Brown, and uh, this is another episode of the Barbless Podcast here. And uh, really uh, fortunate to have a great guest on this uh, this podcast. Kind of someone I've known for an incredibly long time, and um, both of us have kind of grown up in the fly fishing industry and done a lot of different things. So um, it's a pleasure to welcome, and many of you probably know George, but uh, George Ravel, owner operator, uh, mailer, cash register balancer at <laughs> Lost Coast Outfitters. Um, Don't it, it probably, be a janitor. Yeah, I was going to say, I was trying to, I, I could I could spend the next 45 minutes rattling off probably all the jobs you have uh, at your fly shop, but uh, what, uh, what have you been working on mostly at the fly shop now? What is your role? You know, um, currently it's, you know, everything is, people are fishing right now. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously in California, we've got low, warm water conditions. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, people are coming in with certain expectations of, you know, the same old great fishing we always have. And, you know, it, it takes some finessing to kind of get people <laughs> to rethink what they're up to and, and find different um different fishing options. And so I, I've been working on the floor quite a bit, uh, you know, uh, placing orders, you know, where there's twice as much demand for fishing gear right now and everything's yes. three times harder. So I'm like, yes. uh, constantly calling in favors with all my friends, and, <laughs> you know, different companies. I'm like, Hey, can you like go see if there's one of these in the basement and throw it in a box and send it to me? Totally. Um, so totally. I've mailed out a lot of thank you bottles of whiskey, uh, in the last few months. Um, your lo- uh, your local liquor store is getting a little concerned, <laughs> but yeah, little yeah. do they know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm just, just passing on to, to people helping the world go round. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I've been, I was just up uh, fishing in fall river and, uh, you know, fishing the striper here locally. Yeah. And yeah, man, I, it's life is good. That's uh, no good. Complaints. Yeah. Yeah. And, and locally for, for our listeners, Lost Coast Outfitters is, man, I, 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 you probably live under a rock if you haven't seen a Lost Coast hat or something over the last couple of years, but you are in San Francisco proper, correct? Yep. Yeah. Downtown San Francisco. We're two blocks north of the Trans-American Pyramid. Um, right where North Beach and Chinatown and the financial district all come together. It's a killer little neighborhood. Yeah. And it's a, it's a really cool story in how the shop got to like, I I think I've been there once sad to say, but I mean, I don't get to the city very often, but, um, what is a gorgeous fly shop? I mean, you obviously have better taste than most of us in how to design a room and lay things out. (laughs) So, uh, it is a gorgeous fly shop and, and it, it started, this isn't the first iteration is what I guess I'm trying to say. No, far from it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Far from it. Um, yeah. When I first opened, uh, I, I opened in the back of another store and it was me, uh, a desk, like three dozen different fly patterns, (laughs) some Galvin reels, uh, some shirts from my buddy's uh, shirt company, Pladra. Um, a few Rio fly lines, a few rods and, uh, very positive attitude. Um, <laughs> very. And, and, you know, just a go getter attitude. Yeah, exactly. So basically uh, like one notch above like selling shit out of your trunk is basically where you were at. Yeah. The, the, yeah it was a nice store, but yes, I was <laughs> definitely selling shit out of the back of my truck. I remember <laughs> I had to, uh, my credit limit with Sage was $2,000. And so I was like constantly <laughs> paying the bill. Um, oh. uh, yeah. It was, and if you uh, know, if it, I, I have a hard time believing our listeners don't know Sage, but that doesn't $2,000 credit limit does not create a robust inventory at the, no, uh, at the like, Sage uh, rod company. Yeah, three rods. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. I couldn't believe, you know, I had like a I think I had like a couple thousand dollars budgeted to, for flies and it got me one small tray with like 
uh, you know, flies are astronomically expensive. Yeah. Um, so I had one small tray um, of flies and that represented my entire fly budget. And I was like, my God, this is going to take forever to build. Um, but I mean, I, I didn't have, uh, I had gotten fired from my last job and I was like, you know, this was, this was it. This is, I had to work. I had to figure it out. Yeah. And, uh, it was my last ditch effort to stay in the fly fishing industry. I, I told myself if by 25, I wasn't, uh, doing something that I was really passionate and excited about in the industry, I was going to go get a real job. And at 24 and a half, that sounded absolutely awful. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I sold as much of my fishing gear as I could. Uh, and a good buddy, of uh, mine staked me a little bit of cash to get going. Um, but yeah, failure was not an option. And, um, you know, I, I've, I continues today is, you know, I just, put all of our everything that the bay area you know creates for us and in business we put back into the store and we keep expanding and growing our inventory and being a better fly shop and um you know when you said that i have a, a better sense of putting a room together than you that's absolutely not true um, <laughs> well, you know, well just we're talking creative. over the yeah you haven't, you haven't seen my office dude my well, we're, this puppy's not going in architectural design anytime soon <laughs> no <laughs> um but if it were left to my own design it would not have uh come out as great but you know fortunate to san francisco is filled with a lot of really creative and talented people who oh, absolutely pitched in and gave me advice and so you know, I, I, I think of Lost Coast Outfitters as, you know, the fly shop, you know, that was built by San Francisco and it's for San Francisco. And, and I think that's what's helped us be successful. Oh, yeah. And it's, you know, there's it. San Francisco of all the places has a a laundry list of failed fly shops. And <laughs> right. Like, I mean, let, let's not, you know, dress it. You know, let's not look at the or I guess ignore the obvious like it is a hard place to run a fly shop. And, um, it, I think you have done something incredibly unique though. You know, we were talking before we hit record, I, you won't take credit for it, but I definitely think you should is you just in listening to you talk is you made a fly shop for San Francisco, not a fly shop for people to get shit and go fish other places. Like, you created a fly shop that was for the people in the city and the people that lived in this giant urban mass to learn how to access the outdoors and fishing within the confines of that place. And that's different than any other fly shop that I can think of ever that I knew in that area. And you said something to me of you wanted to grow the fisheries that your people could fish, not send them four hours to the McLeod or five hours here. Like, and that's an, you've done that incredibly well. Where did that come from? Or or explain a little bit of that because that is so unique to any other shop. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I'll, I'll throw in a little bit of a disclaimer, you know, (laughs) we, we still have, um, you know, people fishing all over the world. So, you know, on any given day, right. You know, it's, it's somebody's like, I'm going to Costa Rica to catch 50 pound rooster fish. And, you know, we have to have all the stuff there for them because they're like, I'm leaving tomorrow. Yeah. And, you know, and so we, you know, that's something we've always like been really adamant about, you know, I'm a last minute person. So (laughs) if I can't like walk into my shop and grab all the things that I need to go wherever I'm going, yeah, like, I feel absolute abject failure. Um, and, uh, you know, there's the Italian rule of the mountain. If you don't have it, you don't need it, but it's hard to tell a customer that. Um, so we, you know, we do a really good job at keeping everything in stock, but the fishing locally came from the fact that, um, when I, and still am, uh, super poor. And, (laughs) um, but I was really, really poor when I first opened the shop because I had virtually no income. And whatever I was making, I was putting back into the shop to grow it. And, you know, a tank of gas is $90 and uh, airfare to here is, you know, a couple hundred bucks. And so, you know, I just, I started looking, I was driving by the Bay every day, you know, I'm seeing guys like Steve Adachi and Ken Oda and and Richard Gilliam and uh, Evan Praskin, all these guys out fishing the surf. And I'm like, I, you know, I've lived in San Francisco for, you know, since 2006, I opened the shop in 2013. 
all the other shops that, that I ever worked at had no interest in fishing the surf. And so I was just drove to the McLeod and yeah. drove to the Truckee and, you know, and just flew wherever. And now I'm broke and I go to the bay and I tie on some flies, you know, tie on a clouser that I tied up and uh, hooked a nice striper, like third cast. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, I just felt like I'd been lied to. Yeah. Um, you know, it was, it was this moment where I was like, why have I not been doing this? And I, I tried it a couple of times. I went yeah. out to the surf and went out to ocean beach with a six weight and a, you know, teeny 200 and, um, and no stripping basket and board shorts and it <laughs> chewed me up and spit me out. And I was like, that sucked. Um, uh, but you know, so the intro for me was inside the bay, you know, got yeah. to learn, you know, how do these fish work, you know, and, and I've watched you catch striper on the sack for years. I've watched, uh, you know, Mike Costello and Steve Santucci and Sherman. I fished, you know, I fished yeah. all those rivers there, but I, I guess it never occurred to me that they migrate out to the ocean. I, I have no <laughs> idea. Um, well, and I mean, when you say inside the bay, like you are literally like, I mean, people listen to this podcast from all over the country. Like you're literally yeah. in the city limits of San Francisco. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> so I, I, I li where I live is just North of San Francisco. Um, and, uh, you know, I cross over the golden gate bridge, which is a very, you know, skinny little inlet where tons of rivers, like all of the Northern California rivers pretty much flow into, yeah. uh, you know, the San Francisco Bay. So all the salmon, steel and everything go through this little, like the distance of the golden gate bridge. Everything yeah. goes through that to go up. And, you know, I, I find myself daydreaming oftentimes, like what it must have been like a hundred years ago. Oh, like you yes. could probably feel the salmon swimming under the gate. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's an incredible, incredibly rich ecosystem. And yeah, so in San Francisco city limits, Chrissy Field, um, Ocean Beach, Baker Beach, all these beaches right on the city we fish. And then all over Marin, the South Bay, East Bay. So it's, I mean, if you look at a map of the Bay, it's, you know, it's just this massive estuary and it's absolutely, you know, it's, it's beautiful in ways and some parts it's ugly and industrial. Um, yeah. but you know, you find yourself, you know, in all these shorebirds and you know, the cool air, you know, that Marine air coming by you. And it's, I, what I like about it is as soon as I discover that my life here got better and yeah. I love sharing that with other people. That's a powerful statement. I mean, and, and I can completely, um, I guess, empathize with it in the sense of that um, being able to escape with the thing that you used to drive four or five hours a day or whatever to do or get on a plane, as you said, within the confines of the thing that you feel like you need to escape is a completely liberating experience. You know, I think it's called microdosing. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Poland is all over this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Um, yeah, it, it, it's that's something that it just it kind of blew my mind how accessible and um, the learning curve. You know, we it took me a lot longer to figure it out because um, you know I was I really didn't have people teaching me how to do it. And yeah, I was like just, what's a tide know, chart? <laughs> Yeah, right? exactly. Like, yeah, I didn't. Yeah. Dude, I grew up in Reading. I don't yeah, know I don't, what, dude. Know? I don't know any of that. Like, I, <laughs> yeah. I, no shame. I got no. I don't even know what a tide chart is. So, yeah, it's it's yeah. You you can certainly empathize with what Absolutely. I was going through. Um, yeah, and you know, currents and you know they change directions. And, <laughs> Um, totally. you know, I, I lost a shoe in the mud. You know, and you just gotta like you go through this whole learning curve, and. And then finally it's, you know, your rods all set up, you, you know, the tide you like and the moon, you just stop and, you know, you just, you feel the fish there, you see, them, yeah. you know, and, uh, I remember the first time I was coming, I was fishing, uh, this bay, Richardson Bay, and, uh, it was a incoming tide, super low. And I could see the stripers V wicks coming at oh, me dude. and it was like, I, I could have been anywhere in the world. It was amazing. Yeah. Um, and you know, that was like, that's when I just lost my mind. I'm like, this is, this is so cool. And it has that aspect. Cause I, I'm a total steelhead junkie. That's yeah. like one of the, my favorite things to do and, um, love chasing permit, can't afford it, but love it. Um, yeah. so steelhead's my, that's my passion. Uh, yeah. and what I found, you know, I found striper fishing to be my second passion here in the Bay is that it has that aspect of you literally never on any given day, you like every cast, you don't know what you're going to hook. Like oh, it could be, yeah. 
it could be the monster. It could be, you yeah. know, it could be anything. You could hook a salmon, you could hook, yeah. um, you know, all, all sorts of different types of fish in the ocean. And, and that, that's something that's extremely exciting to me. And, you know, even on a day where, you know, fishing's tough and the wind's going to my face, it's like you, you leave and, uh, you know, and of course we always have to leave, but yeah, you know, it's just, it keeps you going that, that it keeps me going. Oh no, I, I can that. really, I think I say it every podcast, but I mean, that is, that is the intoxicating drug, right? Like that is the, um, I, I think the thing that a lot of fly anglers evolve through is, you know, you, you and you can, you, you, I'm sure can relate to this, you know, the, I've said this many times, but you know, the gap between a good fish and a great fish on the lower sack is sometimes like six to eight inches, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Whereas like y- you could hook the biggest striper in the history of the world swimming by, you know, Chrissy field on any given day, you know, like you could hook the chromis salmon you've ever seen. Like, you don't know, man, <laughs> you know what I mean? And that is, if that, that keeps you going. I mean, it's the same thing with the steelhead fishing. It's like, you could have that day where a pod of 20, 20 pound chrome fish swim by you and they eat your little polar shrimp one after the other. And like, that's never happening again in your life. <laughs> you totally. know, you just had a peak experience. <laughs> so yeah, I get that, man. That is the drug. Yeah, that's, that's, it, it's pretty, it's pretty spectacular. And I'm, I have a, you know, currently I'm, I'm in a love hate relationship with a beach called ocean beach in San Francisco. <laughs> and, um, it is the, I mean, it's one of the gnarliest beaches we have here. You know, it's in surfer lore and, yeah. um, you know, it's cold, it's windy. The waves are big. You cast into it. It's like casting into a washing machine. Now, is um, that the one that's right outside the golden gate? Is that? Yeah. Yeah. So okay. it's like on the, the whole West side of the city, it flanks yes. the whole yes, West yes, side yes, of the yes, city. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and you know, it's, it's just gnarly out there, man. And you know, the guys, you know, there's tons of guys conventional fishing out there. Yeah. And that's a, that's a historic fishing beach. Oh yeah. yeah, For sure. Right. Like, okay. Yeah. The Kunang brothers and you know, I mean, there's like such a fishing community out there. I, you know, I joke, I saw the fly Lords like fishiest cities and I think they chose Sacramento, um, as the fish, uh, as one of the fishiest cities or at least the one in California and they chose LA too. Absolutely blew f- my mind. Yeah, like, I know. I was like, are you kidding me? But you yeah. know, you leave 20 year olds to do research. That's what you totally, get. Totally. Um, right. Oh, don't even get me started. Sorry, fly lords. I don't <laughs> know if they sponsor this. No, um, no, don't you no need to be sorry. If you name <laughs> LA and Sacramento as the fishiest cities in our state, like you need to call and apologize to us. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh, I'm like, I mean, Reading, do we not call it a city? It's pretty damn fishy. Uh, um, yeah. <laughs> But, you know, there's, there's like, you go out there and there's like this whole community of people. There's like 60, 70 people on, on the beach, all throwing hair razors and, and metal out there. Yeah. You know, and they get them. They get them. Yeah. And I'm out there with my fly rod. I'm like the only, the only guy out there with the fly rod half the time. And they're always yeah. like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The fly guys usually fish over there, you know, where it's, uh, you know, shallower. Yeah. I'm like, fuck you guys. I want to get them here. <laughs> yeah. <Fuck> yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Cause that's like a, like. I mean, I've talked to a few dudes in like, I mean, striper fish in the surf in the city is, I mean, we're talking generational, right? Like totally. I mean, that, that is, you know, if, come to the city fly Lords, get a lesson. Like that is, you're talking since like the fifties and maybe even into the forties. I don't know. I'm not. Oh as a, yeah, absolutely. My, my grandfather grew up doing it. Yeah. I mean, he, he grew up in the city. My dad grew up doing it. You know, they lived in the outer Richmond. Yeah. Um, and, and that beach was the beach, right? Like that is, that is like the powerhouse to riffle, right? It is. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, it's where everybody, I mean, it's yeah, just where everybody goes and you know, you, they would drive up and down looking for pelicans and there's no better feeling you get when you get out there and there's just pelicans crushing down oh, and they're close to shore and you get out there and you, Managed to get one good cast off and then nothing eats it, but you feel yeah. like you might get one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, totally, dude. It's a drug, man. That's the, yeah. Uh, um, but, you know, right now we can't drive down Ocean Beach. They COVID closed it. Um, but, oh. you know, so you got to like park and then hike up and look um, or just put tons of miles on the beach, which is good too. Cause you know, hell we could all use some exercise. Yeah. Now 
are you running into, and I could kind of, I could definitely see this are, you know, when you tell people this and they're walking into the shop or even veteran fly anglers, do they look at you like you're batshit crazy? Like some people do, you know, with the younger, like, you know, both young and old, we get it, you know, it's, uh, it's, and that was part of the thing when I was, when, when I was also developing this, I had a lot of clients, you know, I see it, I've seen my clients through, you know, entire, like I've seen kids get born and now go to college as long as I've been working in, you know, fly shops. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And, you know, you see them through different parts of their life and, you know, especially like parents and things like that. I got little kids and it's hard to escape. Absolutely. You know, they're like, yes, this makes sense. I can do this Yeah. in the morning. I don't care if you're home. lying to me. I'm still going to try this. <laughs> totally. And they're yeah. like, I can make pancakes for my kids before they get up. And then you have like younger kids who move to the city and they're, you know, they're working jobs or working all the time, you know, yeah. not making, you know, not making a ton of money or maybe they are, but are working a lot. And to be able to, you know, go out and, and fish in the morning, but, you know, still work and go out on a date night or whatever, you know, it yeah. just, it makes a lot of sense, uh, for, for people. And I just, yeah, escaping for that, that couple hours. And like I said, if, if you live in San Francisco and you're listening to this podcast and you're not fishing the surf or fishing the bay, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> oh I, man. Just, I mean, I can't, just, I, I get people that drive three, four hours to fish with me that like, I'll be like, have you ever fished for like stripers? Like, I don't know, like 20 minutes from your house. Like, no, really? I'd be like, yeah, dude, I know it. Like I'm shooting myself in the foot. Like you don't have to drive up here to fish with oh, me no, to do I, this. I'd, I'd drive three hours to come fish with you for sure. Anytime. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate <laughs> yeah. that. But like, you know, like it, it, people don't even realize, you know, like, it, it, it seems like it was a huge thing for a generation and then it kind of got lost and I don't know, you know, well, the fly thing has never been, you know, it's so striper are a great, fly, you know, fish target on the fly, as you know, like yeah. they eat, you know, it, it, it's awesome. The, you know, fish in the beaches with a fly rod, you know, especially like ocean beach, there's beaches that are friendly, like yeah. You know, Stinson Beach, there's friendly beaches to fish with a fly rod. And when you say um, friendly beach, what do you what do you mean? Like more consistent uh swell and waves, you know. Gotcha. Um, you know, not as not as steep, like just you physically know, maybe easier. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. You, you know, even the wind is, you know, maybe more protected. Um, you know, the 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 stretch, you know, that ocean beach stretch is that wind is just coming ripping through the gate. You know, it gets hot in the Delta yeah. sucks that Marine layer in and that wind just rips. And so, you know, the, the fly rod thing, I just, I feel like an absolute moron all the time doing it, uh, out there because, you know, I watch my buddies all, you know, a lot of my buddies fish gear. Yeah. I'm like, God, that makes so much more sense, <laughs> but it's, I don't, I, I love the challenge of it. You right. know, it's just, it, it gets me excited. Now Stinson beach, man, I'd take a fly rod there any day over a gear rod. You know, yeah. it's, I, I can fish it. I can cover water. I, I got that figured out. Yeah. Um, but, but I've got sort of this bone to pick with ocean beach. I mean, we literally, I designed a, a rod just to fish that. Well, and that's what I was, nothing, that's what I was going to say. Like <laughs> you're at the point where like you're inventing gear to do this stuff and the industry has too, in some degree, you know, the, I, I think it started with the the Beulah two handed surf rods, maybe. Yeah, I think yeah. That was James the, yeah. James built those for fishing down in Mexico uh, for roosters off the beaches. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Tim Rajeff up at uh, Echo has yes. the beach boost. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's there. There's a there's a difference between you know doing it all the time and designing something for it versus. Um, you know, designing something and, and not a knock on, on either of these rods. I'm sure it worked exactly how they wanted them to. Um, but for me, you know, I, I just, I, there was a need, there was something missing and that's, yeah. and that's why I, I you know, I, I would never make anything that somebody does just as well. I'd, I'd only do it if I could do it, make it better. Yeah. And our, you know, our rods are, you know, I, I, we spent a year and a half figuring out tapers to, you know, to, to get cut through the wind. Um, yeah. and we have the golden gate, which is sort of designed for inside the bay Yeah, and, uh, and, and your, your lighter swell beaches. And then we have the ocean beach, which is, you know, for Huck and mega and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> aptly named, right? Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, 
and, and, you know, fly size, as you know, you know, if you have a bigger fly, you need to use a bigger yeah. rod. And so you're hucking a three aught clouser with dumbbell eyes and, um, you know, that's four and a half, five inches long, six inches long. Cause you need it to show up out there. Yeah. You need the bigger rod. Now, and when you're talking about these rods to clarify how these are, the, the, the evolution of these rods came out of the two handed switch rods. Am I correct? In yeah, that people I mean, started kind of using those to fish the surf and then, and maybe not necessarily your rods, but this idea of a two handed surf rod. Cause unless you're really hip to this game, like that's a foreign thing. I, I think, totally. I think pyramid fishing has really in, in our California, well, gosh, I mean, pyramids, not just California, Nevada anymore, but like people have opened their eyes to that because those guys use the same kind of rods, but I'm by no means an expert on any of this. What, what, Kind of explain a little bit about the evolution of this, because yeah. I I find that interesting. I'm um, I I might misspeak here, but you oh, know, well, I, better my, you my, than my, me, because yeah, <laughs> I would if I tried to. So don't feel my, bad. My understanding is switch rods started with um, with miser Bob miser. That's my understanding. I'm not certain, but the the sort of short two handed rod that you can either single hand cast or or two hand cast or spay cast. Yeah. That and sounds right. <laughs> that's that's been the you know the sort of adaptation and use of a switch rod has been you know in my mind I've always thought of a switch rod not to single hand cast but yes. to uh, to use as like a short spay rod yeah and then some clever bastard out there um, decided to start casting them overhead and my guess is it was probably a Scandinavian I have no idea yeah but I like to picture it this way his yeah. name is Thor. <laughs> And, um, cause all great and, Scandinavians are named yeah, Thor. <laughs> exactly. And he, he could chuck it a quarter mile, you know, with a really, you know, faster action, more progressive, yeah. um, switch rod or, or, you know, two handed rod. And to my knowledge, um, I, I can only think of, uh, the Beulah as a, um, you know, as, as a, as a, that was the closest thing that I could find to what I wanted. Yeah. Um, and that was because James fished in, uh, in Baja for roosters all the time. And it's a, it's an amazing rod for that. Yeah. What we, you know, I wanted it to be a little faster, a little lighter. I wanted the single hander to be a little lighter or the, excuse me, the lighter one, the golden gate to be lighter. So you could single hand it. Yeah. And, uh, and I wanted the, the bigger rod to be a little bit faster mm-hmm. and throw a little heavier line. Um, and then on top of that, this shit's really hard on equipment. You can imagine if you're throwing giant clousers oh, into the wind, yeah. like you've, you're going to hit heard that noise when that, yeah. that clouser yeah. hits a rod. Yeah. That's, that's not good. It, it makes me cringe every time we do a surf clinic. Yeah. And then people are just beating the piss out of your rods. Yeah. Yeah. It's just whack. And yeah. that, and that rod might not break right then, but like the next day it's going to break. Yeah. Um, and so we, focused on impact resistance. And then we also just bought a ton of extra parts because the ocean breaks things. If you've yeah. ever owned a saltwater boat, Ugh. um, it's just, <laughs> you yeah. need lots of parts. And yeah. that is, um, you know, that is the design philosophy is that you don't need to double haul. You can make one back cast and one forward cast, uh, and huck the line out there. Um, so what we found that it did is it took even people who weren't very good casters, and it got them in the game. I mean, we've literally yeah. taken people out for their first time ever fly fishing into the surf, into, you know, Chrissy Field and Stinson with two-handed rods and got them fish. <laughs> I, I, I There's an Instagram post that I, I don't know, just stands in my head of some, you know, girl who obviously looked so out of place on a beach with a fly rod holding up like a halibut. And it was like, this is my first day. And I'm like, I haven't even caught a fucking halibut on a fly. And this girl <laughs> knocks it out the first day. I'm like, damn, <laughs> you know, totally. I mean, yeah. well, and that's, the, I mean, that's one of the beautiful things about this. All it takes is a fish swimming by your fly. They're not picky. It's not no. rocket science. It's like, it's a, it's like a game of odds. And then, you know, figuring out where the fish live, but yeah, there is total awesome random luck, which is you, <laughs> I'll take that any day. In, and there's a fish swimming by and it eats it. And, yeah. Um, you manage not to trout set on it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it is, uh, it's a beautiful thing. I mean, the other day, uh, there was a guy in the shop, he was out visiting his son 
and he was total trout guy, freshwater guy. And yeah. then, ben, you know, out of town or Ben like hooks him up. He goes like, Hey, go to the spot. There's been a bunch of, you know, there's been a bunch of halibut and stuff around, you know, fish this fly, do this. Ben gets a picture back the next day of the dude with like a 26 inch striper, you know? <laughs> And I'm like, that is awesome. Dude, probably just trout guy just freaking craft his pants hooking into that thing, man, in the surf. Totally. Oh, dude, that's awesome. You know, it is kind of funny, you know, the whole streamer phenomenon, you know, in the shop. And yeah, you know, I don't know what it is. Streamers have gotten super popular. Um, I don't know if it's, I don't know exactly what, you know, they make memes about it. Maybe that's what. Um, <laughs> I, I think it's true. just different, right? Like, I yeah. mean, that's, yeah. It's simple. I yeah. like it. Yeah. Um, you know, you don't need to tie a bobber and a bunch of you know 13 knots and yeah get tangled it, it makes sense yeah but uh you know you go streamer fishing for browns and, and like after you've striper fish you catch a brown you're like oh why, why doesn't it why doesn't it pull <laughs> <laughs> dude i've had that conversation with so many people it's not even funny they're like you don't go streamer fishing back on the madison i'm like yeah no not really <laughs> i mean i'll happily do it i mean I, don't get me wrong I yeah love, I, you know i'll fish anywhere anytime yeah i love it yeah but you know, I, I remember I've been striper fishing like all, all summer. I was getting after it. This was a few years back. I went up to McLeod and I caught my best three Browns. I was up fishing with John Rickard up there. Oh yeah. 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 And, um, that day I hooked my three best Browns, uh, on the McLeod. One was like 24, one was like uh, 26 and one was just like a half inch bigger than that one. Wow. And you know, just massive fish, right? Like biggest brown trouts you may catch your entire life. Exactly. Yeah. And I remember being like, you know, granted, I was probably doing my normal striper thing, which is like just fishing straight 15 pounds or something. I'm like, <laughs> totally. And I just remember like pulling it in and being like, man, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> is this fish okay? Is this yeah. fish healthy or is the water too warm? <laughs> no, it, was totally, it wasn't one of those years. It was a cold water year. Yeah. I mean, not, not to take anything away from them, but it's, it's, it, it actually is just how hard striper pull. I mean, I've seen you know and i'm sure you see it like what's the smallest fish you've seen like oh dude i I catch bend a nine weight yeah like i i I tell people every day like i was in the boat with clients like two days ago three days ago and you know this guy's got like a 16 inch fish on and he's like oh that's not that big a one and i'm like you ever seen a trout that big cork a nine weight (laughs) you know and he's like oh shit yeah you're right i'm like (laughs) fish got an engine bro (laughs) totally so that's so. How long are these rods that you? They're design? eleven feet. They're okay, eleven feet. Yep. Yeah. Um, I'm playing around with some longer designs. It's yeah, taking a little bit more time to refine. Um, you know, just flex points and things like that. But yeah, you know, eleven feet seems to be a really nice. Um, you know, nice length and and you know, I have I've played around with longer ones and it's let's call it a work in progress. But yeah, um, you know, they're they're we don't conventionally, you know, it was like, what weight is it? Right. And yeah. so, yeah, you know, so now, now you've got single hand rods, call them switch rods or short two handers. And then, you know, spay rods or, you know, long two handers. Yeah. And weights mean an entirely different thing between those three. Right. So, yes. Yes. you know, a five, six switch rod and a five, six spay rod and a five, six single hand rod, all are very different rods. Yeah. It's, they and don't go so, together. <laughs> no, it makes no sense. Yeah. And, um, so what I did is I put the grain weight that it's designed to cast. And so for the, for people who don't know, grain weight, uh, lines weigh a certain amount. And when you start getting into sinking lines and shooting heads and things like that, it's all about what's the grain weight. I don't care what weight it is. And for spay, for spay guys, they live and die by that. Yes. Yeah. And I, and like I said, I'm a steelheader, you know, so it's, it, it makes, it makes sense to me and calling it, you know, uh, you know, a, a five, six weight and a seven, eight weight just doesn't make any sense to me. Um, no. because it doesn't equate to either, you know, spay or, or single hand. So, um, so I further confuse the matter and <laughs> put grain weights on there. Um, which, you know, unfortunately, fortunately, unfortunately, everything I do is for me. So, um, <laughs> no, man, sense. I mean, I, I, I have, I am like total like rookie spay guy. Like I just, it's, it's not what I do. And like, I bought, um, a couple new, bought like some trout micro spay stuff and some light stuff. Cause I'm like, I gotta have this. Like it's, it's a thing. And, uh, 
yeah, it's all grain weights, dude. I'm like looking like, okay, well, this rod is designed to fish this many grain weights and I'm looking at Rio's lines and I'm looking at Echo's lines and they're six weights different than this, you know, and you gotta go, you gotta go straight to the grain weight. Cause that's dude, that echo trout spay and yeah. four weight. Yeah. That's what I got. Yeah, it's like, sick. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I fished sick. Chuck's Chuck, Chuck got that and I fished yeah. it on a video shoot and I'm like, Oh yeah. Okay. I got to get into this. <laughs> it's so rare. So I've got, I have, I have the Sage one and I have the Echo one and it's yeah. really rare where I'm like, oh yeah, like the $400 rod is, is as good as the, you know, the $950 yeah. rod. Yeah. That's one of those ones where I'm like, it's pretty damn close. Like I, I, I'm so impressed with that rod. Three, and that's good to hear because 25 grains on the schedule head in my, in my humble opinion. Yeah. And you're, and you're a, you're a casting guy by all definitions and like, and also a, a two hander guy. And I tried both those rods. I tried the Sage one at a, like a demo day thing. And then I cast Chuck's on the river and I was like, maybe I just suck this bad that I can't tell the difference between a $900 rod and a $400 rod or this $400 rods really cool. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's the latter for sure. Um, yeah, you, you don't suck <laughs> at two handers. I, 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 you know, I know, I know my place and it's, yeah. you know, so it's funny you talk about two handers. I was thinking of, and you'll appreciate this. And I mean, maybe even some of the listeners know the guy, but, um, you know, Ken Oda mm-hmm. and, uh, Ken fishes with me probably once or twice a year. He, he, uh, he comes up my way and just God, just a great human being. Nicest guy in the world. He's man. so awesome. Yeah. And, uh, like God, I, I don't, Oh dude, like maybe <laughs> the first time he ever got in my boat, you know, Ken Oda calls up and books a trip. I don't know who the hell the guy is. This is probably six years ago, seven years ago, maybe who knows. And he shows up at the ramp and I'm, you know, doing the normal thing, getting the striper boat ready, throwing the buckets in. And he, he pulls out a two-handed rod and he's like, Hey, do you, do you mind if I fish a two-handed rod? And I'm like, Oh man, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, this dude just bought this at the fly shop and he wants to use it. Cause that's what he bought it to do. And I'm like, ah, you know, like we don't really use those doing this. And like, Ken is so nice and such a humble dude. He's just like, Oh, well, okay. You know, I fish it in the surf a little bit. Do you mind if I at least try? And I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. I'm like, yeah, okay cool. Yeah, sure. Go for it, dude. And like, I will never forget. I dropped the fucking trolling motor on the first run and this dude picks it up, gets up in the bucket. And it was like watching ballet and this dude just launched shit. <laughs> like, I'm like, Whoa, okay. Let me put the boat like on the other side of the river <laughs> so you can fish that bank. <laughs> I mean, it was the efficiency with which he cast that rod, like changed my whole picture of what yep. a two-hander could be in the like striper, musky, whatever world it is. I was like, oh my God, this, I get it. So, and, and that's what's happening now is, you know, that for throwing those big flies and how efficient you can be. I mean, if you, if you have fished striper, you know, once, twice, like you feel it in your left hand. If you're double hauling, right? Like you oh, feel dude. it in your left elbow, man. Yeah. Um, and it takes, it takes all that pain away, makes it super easy, super efficient. And, um, yeah, I've been talking to the Delta guys like Bryce Tedford and, yeah, and yeah. you know, I've, I've been saying like, let me, let's, let me put some rods in your boat and let's start playing around with it. Because I do also think that it will give people, uh, you know, make it easier for people to, you know, to get the flies out there, get them in the zone. I mean, it's about covering water and, Doing it's it, so know, much less wear and tear on your shoulder too. Yeah. Like, you know, people ask me all the time when I'm in the boat, like, how do you do this all day? And I'd be like, fuck, I don't do this all day. I guide all yeah. day, but I don't I fish. watch you do it. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I don't do this all day. I'd be a fucking mess, you know? <laughs> like, so, and you know, Chuck got into it because he spends time fishing with Blaine chocolate and a lot mm-hmm. of those musky dudes to throw those giant musky flies are now doing kind of hybridized two-hander, two-hand casting type of stuff. Mm -hmm. And it it really, I know, I mean, like my 74-year-old father who's got a rotator cuff issue, it's like, it's a game changer for him, right? Like his shoulder, his arm never comes above his shoulder. Like it, it's, you know, I, I honestly think that 
for the striper guys in the boat, especially in seasons when you're throwing, you know, those giant Adachi rattle clousers, or we're throwing our giant game changers we throw up here. Like, dude, throwing those things all day with a one hander, like you're toast, you know? Yep. And um, there's definitely, no, I mean, me and Chuck have been talking about it for about a year or two. We're like, we got to figure this out. So, yeah. <laughs> That's great, yeah, well, man. I'm, I'm happy to come up there and fish with you guys <laughs> however I can. Um, yeah, I, I think we got to see. And this is one thing that I've, I've discussed with him is when you're fishing out of the boat, is the 11-foot rod too long? Or do you need to go to more of those musky style, like nine, 10 footers, you think? I, you know, I don't, I don't know the answer to that. Yeah. I'd venture to guess that it was your concern landing the fish or stripping and slack. Um, I would say landing, I'd say both. I just don't know enough to really, but to me, lobbing an 11 foot rod on a deck around just seems, and you're definitely the master when it comes to this stuff compared to me, but it seems like that you would break a tip or something. You know what I mean? That punchy casting stroke that a lot of people have nowadays. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I don't I, that, that I don't share that concern on the on <laughs> no, the package. Yeah, but um, yeah, I I I mean I fish. I'm I love casting single handers too. So usually when yeah. I'm on a boat, I'm fishing a single hander. Yeah, I, I, it's something I want to start playing around with though, and I'm, yeah. I'm really interested because um, I don't like working that much. And and, no. and here's here's the other thing, right? If you're casting you're not fishing, right? Totally. You said I'm a casting guy and that's, you know, half the time when I'm not catching fish because I'm cast, casting too much. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the famous casturbation. Yeah, um, totally. And yeah, it's, you know, if, if your flies in the water more, you're going to catch more fish, especially with, with the striper. The striper and that was, fish. well, and that was one of the things I know, I vividly remember with Ken the first time I watched him do it is like he would back forth, back forth and then launch shit farther than anybody with a single-handed rod the yep. efficiency and granted the dude is very skilled so like uh, he's yeah the guy notch. yeah he's a sniper man <laughs> yeah uh but it was like the possibility i was like like that dude's covering twice as much water as i would with a single-hander yeah you know in speed of cast and length of cast so yeah totally um, we've been playing around with the, you know, making the short, uh, shooting head shorter, you know, taking some lessons from what, you know, OPST did with some yeah. of the micro gadget and yeah. adapting that into, to surf fishing and, yeah. you know, same sort of thing. You know, it's not necessarily the, the line system that I personally like to use. I like a little bit longer head, yeah. but you know, a shorter, a shorter head and more condensed little package. Like it gets people like, again, who've never cast totally. a fly rod. Yeah. Casting 65, 70 feet, like off the bat. Yeah. And um, that, and I mean, I imagine at the beach, like if you can cast that far, you're catching fish. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So well, here's the little secret about, um, I think striper fishing. This is, if you can, if the listeners are interested in this and the one thing they can take away and probably almost all the fishing that they're doing in some capacity yeah, is the, the fish aren't that far away. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, oh, yeah. you know, we, I catch most of my fish within 20 to 30 feet of like where I'm standing, Yeah, you know, it's it, it, the, they like to corral bait up towards the shore. They like to sit in those little trenches where the waves crash. It's not, it's not necessarily a distance game and I'm guilty of it constantly, right? Yeah. You're in this big ocean and you're just trying to huck it as far as you can. With no I need to get it out there. <laughs> totally. Yeah. You know, and, and it's just, it's so counterproductive instead of saying, Oh, that's cool. It'll rip. I'm going to land my fly right on the other side of that and let it kind of swing through and strip it through. Yeah. Uh, you know, under control, like, you know, I'd much rather, and I guide the surf a fair bit, you know, I like, which is, has its own challenges, but, um, you know, I, I always tell, you know, I, it's constantly like, all right, let's find the perfect amount of line that you can cast out every time, you yeah. know, and that's what we're shooting for. Yeah. You can, you know, in the boat too, right? If, yeah. if you, oh, no, absolutely. if you could sometimes cast 90 feet, you know, don't pull off 90 feet of line, you know, yeah. if you, if every time you hit the reel at, you know, 70 feet, take 70 feet off the reel and totally. that's what you're going to cast. Um, and yeah, so just getting, you know, getting people thinking like, how are these fish working? And there's some great books out there on that. And, um, you know, I'm still learning constantly. And that's what I love about it is, 
you know, it's just, it's a whole new world that, um, and I've totally fallen in love with it. Um, yeah. So what is the season for this? I mean, it, it, I mean, I it's pretty long, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we, you know, sometimes we see, I mean, there's resident striper in the Bay year round. Yeah. Um, which is cool. They're, they're not going to be your biggest fish, but you know, sometimes, you know, going out and, you know, January, February with like a five weight and catching little schoolies and, you know, some little creeks and sloughs is a blast. Yeah. Um, and, but, you know, we start to see our first migratory fish usually showing up, you know, end of March, April, you know, it always depends on the water yeah. and we're always scratching our heads as to, are they here yet? Oh, yeah. they're early. Oh, they're late. You know, we've yeah. always got some excuse. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, the bulk of the fish I feel come like come through May, June, you know, once the Delta warms up a little bit. Yeah. Um, and then th- that's when they're, you know, kind of coming through the bay, they're all over, you know, following bait around and, um, and then they go outside the gate typically and kind of poke their heads in and out of the gate. That's why Chrissy field is, can be so productive. Yeah. And then, you know, they're going North, uh, you know, I've heard them as far North as sea ranch. Wow. Um, I mean, well, they're, they're in their striper all the way up into the, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. but yeah. I think they mainly stay in the river up there. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, and then, you know, down South, as far as, uh, you know, Pajaro, um, you know, Salinas river, you know, down, down that way. Uh, and I, you know, I don't know the Southern reach of the striper to where they, yeah, really go, I don't but. know, but your beach season then, I mean, you're, cause you also have surf perch, you have halibut, yeah, you got perch, all sorts yeah. of stuff. Totally. Um, and, and the absolute dream, which is, you know, King salmon on the fly off the beach. That is, that's like, is that a thing? I mean, has, has someone done that? Yes, it, it, it has happened. Okay. Um, yeah. There's a guy, I don't, I don't even know. I'm really bad at knowing Instagram and then who the actual person is. I'm oh yeah. No, I'm horrible at that. that. Don't feel but bad. But there's this guy like North coast dreaming or something. He posted okay. a picture of a Chinook he caught on the fly. Uh, off the beach um mark juan has caught steelhead and salmon on the beach um wow it's but it's not like uh it's it's more of a bycatch situation yeah 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 absolutely you know yeah but you know it's uh you know when i'm stripping and like certain places i'm like man this is like a i feel like i'm gonna get a salmon you know yeah it's in, it's in the back of my head i'm totally i'm about it um yeah. And so, and, and that's like just the, the length of the season is, is really long, you know, it's uh baseball season, you know, for the striper, Wow. um, you know, and then, you know, we have surf perch halibut. Um, I've played around with leopard shark. They're not a great fly rod fish cause they can't see, um, gotcha. smellers. I was going to uh, ask you about that. Cause I I've heard that is a prized game fish, but I haven't seen you guys talk much about it. So, yeah, it's and just they're not being a, blind. I didn't know that. Like that's, yeah, they, that just, makes they don't, they don't see well. Um, yeah. I, I had one guy come into the shop. It was totally awesome. I, 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 I'm, I don't look down on people for how they fish or whatever. Like totally, this is, this is about having fun, yeah. do whatever you want to do. You yeah. know, I do think it's one way, you know, if I like dry fishing, you're a nymph. I'm not going to look down on you for nymphing. Like totally. you do whatever makes you happy. Yeah. Um, and, but this dude comes in and he's like, he's like, show me all these leopard sharks he's catching. And I'm like, dude, how are you getting him to eat the fly? Yeah. And he shows me, you know, those Alflexo crabs with like the little like mesh. Oh yeah, for sure. So he, he takes those and he fills them up with smelly jelly. Dude, God bless him. <laughs> <laughs> hey, innovation is innovation. <laughs> Which Yeah, exactly. I was right? like, God, like, that makes so much more sense to me now. Yeah. I was like, I was like, dude, you cracked the code. Yeah. Uh, now I don't feel like such a failure. <laughs> yeah. And I've, 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 I've caught them on the fly here and there. And, but, uh, it's just, you know, I've, I've had days where I've had a thousand shots, you know, yeah. and, and not gotten any, um, well, I mean, they can't see it. Their sense. Yeah. It's like the same reason you don't catch sturgeon on the fly. You know what I mean? Like they're all, well, about I got a smell. funny story about that. <laughs> yes. So I'm, I'm at, I'm at some industry event. I can't remember where Sage or Sims was, yeah. you know, brought a bunch of fly shop owners. I'm sitting next to this guy. Uh, Tim, smallmouth guy. Okay. And, uh, and he's, he's like, I'm getting into, I'm getting into sturgeon fishing on the fly. I'm like, how the hell are you doing that? He's like, I tie, I tie this shrimp fly. And I was like, they, so they eat that. He's like, yeah. So he starts off, ties some materials in, and then he ties a tampon into it. 
Oh and yeah, then, and then soaks it in smelly jelly. He's like, it works great. And I'm it's like, fucking works like a dream. I was yeah. like, man, I'm embarrassed for you. Um, yeah, yeah. But no, it's just it, you know whatever. You're, you're you know, kind of like, embarrassed for him, but you're like, so how do they fight? Yeah, exactly. exactly. Like, yeah. Do they what jump? Do <laughs> yeah, yeah, do they jump? <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally. You know, and uh, yeah, and then you know the other thing that's awesome about the the surf game is like you know, you go to a trout stream and you walk to your favorite spot and there's somebody in it. Like that doesn't happen. Surf fishing. There's like a thousand favorite spots. You well, know? and the fish they're, are moving through, right? Like, I mean, they're moving Yeah, the, the tides, you know, it's always a, you know, different beach, yeah. um, you know, different tides and you know, how many fishing spots are there for surf fishing? Well, how long is California? You yeah. know, it's like, it's up and down and, you know, you go further down South and you get into the Corbina and, uh, yeah. you know, all, uh, all, you know, Spotfin Croker and all, you know, all that stuff, you know, we're so lucky. And I don't think people are clued into like the fly salt game. Like, you know, you know, Vaughn Podmore. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, the stuff he's doing down in Catalina Island is so awesome. I mean, that dude has posted some ridiculous yellowtail last few days. Oh, dude, uh, I've, I've gone weeks. down and fished with Vaughn a, a few times. I'm going down and doing a, a video with him here in another two weeks. And like the dude, I mean, the dude's the most humble person I've met. But like you want to talk about pioneering a fishery with yeah. a fly rod? Holy totally. crap. Like, I know. I mean, that guy might as well, I mean, that guy could catch fish on the moon if they were there with the guts he's had to try to figure something out, you know? Dude, and, he's, he's a total badass, super yeah, cool. Yeah. So it's like, it, it, there is, and it's funny, you know, as, as California changes and, and, you know, and I mean, we didn't even talk about it, but I mean, the growth in our sport is astronomical. I mean, you see it like we got to spread out. Like we got to find other stuff to do. And there's so much that we're not doing, you know what I mean? Whether it's yellowtail out of, you know, long beach in the most populated area of our state to, you know, Chrissy field to, you know, bass on some Lake, like it, it, there's so much out there, you know? So I'm always, I'm always incredibly interested when people do things like you're doing where it's like, Hey, we're going to try something different and I guarantee you're going to have fun. And people do, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's, it, you know, it's, it's, it's doesn't seem to be for everybody, you know, yeah. and that's okay. Um, but I, you know, I'm, I'm not, I don't love it to the extent that I do because it sells me gear. And I love it because it, it made my life better, you know, yeah, living in the totally. city. This is, this, I mean, I, I first moved to San Francisco from Reading and I, honestly, I did not, I had a really hard time adjusting, you oh, know, I God. didn't, Absolutely. you know, I, I remember like walking down the street and there was like somebody carrying a bunch of boxes. I was like, can I help you? And they like looked at me like I was going to mug them. <laughs> and I was like, all right, I guess we don't help people here. I don't, yeah. I don't know. Um, and you know, I just had this sort of rough intro into the city Yeah. and, uh, you know, and, and I, I got to like it more and more and you know, but it wasn't until I started, you know, interacting with the ocean and being able to do what I love while I'm here that, that I like it really become home to me, you know? Totally. And, and you're a good model of the, like, it's not all you do, but no. like, if you got a rough day at work and you need to get out on the water to clear your head, you can do that. Now you don't have to drive five hours to a trout stream and wait till your next two days off to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and as you can relate, I mean, you're way busier than I am. You've got kids and a business and a job and a, you know, everything like, you know, it's just, uh, it's hard to get away, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and so when, you know, it's, you know, for me running the business and, you know, having a relationship and dog and, you know, not, not nearly as much shit as you got going on. It's still like, it's that like calming. I I love the commute fishing on my way into work. I get up early, go fish for a couple hours, head into work. You know, my, my, feet are all sandy, you know, it's yeah. like that, that is, uh, you know, that's, it's the dream. And you know, who, who wants to walk into a fly shop and talk to a bunch of guys who don't go fishing? I was know? just going like, to say too, is it gives you that, like, I'm not only selling it, I'm living it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and that's, I think that's something that fly shops in San Francisco seriously lacked for a long time. You know what I mean? We're, 
it's, you know, it's usually like, you know, you get the kids who are kind of inexperienced, but they're the ones fishing the most. And then, yeah. you know, cause I've worked in a few of them in the city and you yeah. get the older guys who don't fish that much. I mean, we're lucky at our shop. Everybody fishes a lot, you know, yeah. we definitely have our blights. Um, but you know, it was like a month ago, we, we were all getting grumpy. I was like, all right, you, you need to go fishing. <laughs> yeah. And then you need to go fishing. You know, it's just like <laughs> totally, everybody out totally. to go fishing. Like every yeah. kid is like, everybody's like, totally different shop. Everybody's in a good mood. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's so funny. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, you know, it's, uh, yeah. And the other thing is it's, it's hard, you know, it's, there's, there's a pretty steep learning curve to it. Yeah. And, um, but it's not that hard. Like if I can yeah. figure it out, I'm, I'm not a particularly bright guy. Um, and you know, it's, well, it's, it's sticking, right? Like people are yeah. doing this now, so it, it yeah. can't be that steep. You know what I mean? No. Like, um, I mean, you've been, you've been teaching people to do this and sharing this with people for a number of years now. And like, it's got legs, man. Like I got guys that all of a sudden are like, this is what they do. Like they don't fish with me as much because they don't have to, they got fishing close to home. Oh no, I think it's great, (laughs) man. I dude, I, I, Hey, the world is a better place than yeah, more hey, people fish. Hey, Hogan, do you have do you have any availability in the next uh, couple <laughs> yeah. months? No, no, I don't. Yeah, exactly, right? Yeah, no, so. I don't feel bad at all. You know, it's <laughs> great because here's the deal: when they do fish with me, when you know they're better anglers because they're fishing, right? Yeah, like, you, yeah, you just you touched on something really important there, and and you know it's when you know we get people coming into the store and they say i want to get into fly fishing right yeah and they're going to go once here once there and uh, you know it's going to be you know every couple of months they're going to escape and they're going to go to a different place like you're never going to become a good angler that way no 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 but and if, you if may you not enjoy off. it right like nobody likes sucking at something you know i do not yeah <laughs> but we've seen people who are like i want to learn how to fly fish and we talked them into like, why don't you start off with, you know, this rod and fishing Chrissy. Yeah. And like a year later, I'm watching them out there cast. They're bombing it. Yeah. Like they're getting out all the time. They're, they're loving it. And yeah. like, I remember, you know, people used to, I worked at another shop called Leland, uh, that used to be in San Francisco and they, they've since closed down. Um, but you know, people would come and be like, I want to learn how to fish the surface. Like a beginner, we'd like talk them out of it. Be like, no, no, you can't do that. You know, and yeah, to, yeah. to have like a totally different approach, which is like, yes, that is a great idea. Yeah. Um, it's, it's been so cool to watch. And again, like the, there's very few things that I can sell that will legitimately make somebody's life better. Right. Totally. A new pair of boots, you know, sure. You might, you know, maybe you need a new pair of boots. Great. Uh, or a new rod, you know, maybe you need yeah. a rod, but who really needs a rod? Yeah. Right. Um, and, but like selling fly fishing and a different lifestyle and interacting with the ocean and getting out there, like that makes people's lives better. And that for me, that's like so much more rewarding than, um, somebody with a shopping addiction trying to, you know, find, find some happiness with through, through equipment, you know? <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally. So on that note, as we kind of come up on an hour, you do massive amounts of clinics to get people into this. Like the, we you, do, you connect all weekend. the dots for people. Yeah. Can you tell listeners kind of about how, how they would go about getting into this? Yeah. Um, keep Yeah. So there's, I'd say there's two ways. Yeah. Um, one, one is, um, you know, for some people, you know, bring in the heaviest gear you got. We'll put the right line on it and start getting out there, you know, get yeah. a stripping basket and start getting out there. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of it is just experience and time on the water. I, yeah. you know, it takes a long, takes some time to, cause I had somebody show me how to read the water at the beach Yeah. and they were like, you see that there, the bucket and the rip. And then I was yeah. like, no, I don't, I don't see shit. Yeah. No. Um, and, uh, you know, yeah. you just have to be out there and see it and step in it and feel it and do yeah. it. And then it, it just like one day it just all appears and you're like, Oh my God, it's all here. Yeah. Um, that's one approach and I highly recommend it. And then we do surf clinics, um, where we take people out, uh, we provide all the equipment, rods, reels, mm-hmm. lines, flies. We just ask that you show up with a fishing license and sunglasses because we are hurling large flies around. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, we start off 
pretty much just you know showing people how to use a stripping basket some basics on casting and we throw them out there you know yeah. and, and and just get into the water and start fishing and we tune everybody up you know get yeah them, you know everybody gets tuned up a little bit gets going and you know because the issue is we meet at you know 6 30 in the morning like, yeah when's the best time to catch fish yeah right you know when the wind's low and you know yeah. we don't want to waste a bunch of time talking we want yeah. we want pe- people to get out there and fish and so we get to that pretty darn quick and then you know and then kind of the afternoon we're starting to work more on uh you know technique and you know we give you everything you need to catch a fish in the beginning uh, yeah and then you know then we're talking about flies and migration and reading the water we've been doing a lot out at stinson beach yeah um sundays we typically don't we take anywhere from six to nine people out um and we work you know we've got some guides we work with here um you know, one, one boat guide whose boat's out of commission right now, unfortunately. And then mm-hmm. some, uh, some walk and wade guides. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, it's the, the unfortunate thing is, you know, just like everything else, you know, we're typically booked out, you know, it's, it's just, it's a good problem to have as quick as the sport's growing right now. But at the same time, I know you and I know your website, you have a robust website with tons of stuff on there. People can buy fly kits stripping totally. baskets and like you said everyone at the shops f- a fishy person like i'm sure if someone called and asked and you were booked up you could break it down for them yeah know? no absolutely yeah we had a we had a dude who was uh he was in town to learn how to bake the other day came out from uh uh wisconsin i believe um and super super nice dude he, he yeah. was like hey man i'm coming out like bring eight weight like i, I want to fish while i'm out there and he was like thinking about doing some trout fishing i was like man you're not going to have time for that. Like just fish the beach, you know, go out yeah. there. You don't have, you don't have a beach in Wisconsin. Yeah. Uh, totally. Not like this anyway. And, yeah. um, and he did, and he had a blast and, you know, we loaned him a stripping basket to use and he, he got the right line on there and, you know, yeah. fished in the mornings and, and had a blast and brought us a six pack because thank you for loaning him the stripping basket. And <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what it's about. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's about getting people on the water and fishing and, um, you know, and the community is cool too. So if you're, you know, if you're out there, you see another fly, you know, fly angler on the beach, there's a very good chance that they've, uh, passed, uh, through our, uh, our store and, and have received tutelage from us and, yeah. um, and, and they're super cool. I mean, I haven't yet to meet an asshole go out and fish the beach. So, well, I would um, imagine they're not too far <laughs> removed from the person out there for the first day. You know what I mean? Exactly. There's, there's yeah, that so. instant relatability of like, Oh dude, I've been there. Let's yeah, talk so through say, this. Say, say what up and, yeah. um, you know, clean what you can. And, yeah. you know, and the other thing that helps is like getting, getting a little crew together, you know, yeah. getting some, getting some friends together to go out and do it to, you know, enjoy what it makes San Francisco incredibly unique, which is the bay and the ocean. Yeah. And, you know, all the other stuff. There's food everywhere. There's bars everywhere. There's fancy things everywhere, but homeless people everywhere. Yeah. Um, well, that's everywhere. We got homeless people in Chico. Yeah, everywhere, so, yeah. everywhere. Yeah. So what makes San Francisco cool and unique is that we are surrounded by water and there's fish in them and you can do it. So, you know, if you're going to pay the astronomical prices to live here, go out and do and enjoy what makes it awesome. Yeah. That's wise words, man. So where can, uh, if people want to reach out to you, follow you, learn more about what you're doing, where can they find you? Yeah. They, I mean, lostcoastoutfitters.com, LCO fly fishing on Instagram. I, you know, admittedly I've been pretty bad at Instagram as of late. Um, <laughs> I just, I don't know. I have something about it. It's, it's lost. It's allure to me, but, um, <laughs> your we website's also, polished. Let's, let's, yeah, let's stick yeah, on the, the, web, let's, the website's really good. Uh, yeah. you can call the shop. Um, you can email me George at lost coast outfitters. Uh, I am not the, um, traditional fly shop owner who's not involved. I'm very involved. I, I love working with customers. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I don't know. I shouldn't say traditional. I, a lot of the fly shops I've worked at the owner, you know, no, I, I would support yeah. that. I, I would agree yeah. with you, man. You are hands on You're you're out there, you know? Um, yeah. Uh, and then we do, we do free Wednesday night casting classes all throughout the summer. I teach private casting classes. You know, if you want to learn something, come into the shop and say, Hey, I want to learn this. And we will either do our best to show you right then and there, or, uh, uh, connect you with someone who can. And, um, yeah, life is short, man. Uh, you know, as Sim says, fish it well. That's right, brother. Well, Hey man, I really appreciate you taking the time to chat and kind of share this. And, um, you know, there's, there's not a lot of things, 
I shouldn't say that that's somewhat negative, but th- there is, you, you, I, I will say what you've done in the city is one of the things that, uh, makes me proud to be part of the industry. And you, you definitely doing some really cool things with your shop and getting people into the sport. So, uh, hats off to you. And likewise, uh, <laughs> man, likewise, it's, it, I mean, we're, we're so lucky to have, uh, the community of people we do in California and, yeah. and the fishing community. Like dude, everybody's awesome. I love it. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're, we're very lucky, uh, you yeah. and I both to be surrounded by some really awesome people. That's very true. So, well, Hey George, thank you for coming on. And, uh, if anyone has any questions about anything we talked out, uh, talked about today, definitely reach out to George. He's an open book on this type of stuff. And I know many of our listeners live within the, the confines of the great Bay area. And, uh, there's a lot of stuff you might be missing down there. So thank you for tuning in. I'm Hogan Brown, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Take care. Know better, fish better. Part of the Barbless Podcast Network. Special thanks to our sponsors. Without them, this show would not be possible. Like this episode? Leave a review. 